Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to this podcast, The Truth That Heals. I am your host, Ryan Anthony Hernandez, and in today's episodes, we're going to be talking about cults, in particular, the cult that I was in. Well, I should take it back. Apologies. I'll, I'll take it back. So people ask me, or they have asked me throughout the years, was this a cult? And my answer has always been yes and no. And I say that because as a as a cult survivor and living through it, it's never easy to, to just say, yeah, I was in a cult. It, it took a while for me to go through the mental loopholes and to see clearly what was cult-like. And the, the thing was in the community that I was in was that there was a cult-like uh, following and, and observance of the lifestyle. And then there was a more religious Christian application. So I guess this episode will be dealing, will be dealing on how a religious group or religious community, how it can be either more cult-like or how it can be more Christ-like. So in this case, I'll be sharing with you the cult-like tactics. And you may not be Catholic, you may not be Christian, you may not even be religious, but I think that uh, these tactics are used in so many different areas. It can be in relationships. It can be in uh, work workplace settings. It can be anywhere. And I want to bring out these tactics so you can really see or examine your own life and observe where perhaps you have been a victim of abuse because that's what it, that's what it is. It's abuse. And so I want to, I want to pause and I'm, I'm already going in, in one direction, but I need to bring it back. Um, so in, in today's podcast, I wanted to talk a little bit about the founder of the group that I was in. So the founder, his name is Father Edgardo Arellano. He goes by the name, however, of Father Bing. And initially, he started the this religious group, uh, religious, religious orders within the Catholic Church. He started that. And he started, he started a lay movement to help spread devotion to Jesus and Mary and spread devotion to prayer and bring the family together, as well as helping young men and women to develop a strong prayer life from a young age to help them, uh, to, to help them have that prayer life foundation. So regarding the religious life, he founded six institutes. Uh, the, the Institute of Religious Life that I was in was called the Oblate Apostles of the Two Hearts. And then he made five other ones. And then he made a lay movement, the Alliance of the Holy Family International. And as I said, it had a great mission, mission of spreading devotion and you know helping people have a strong prayer life. So I am not against that. I, I think it's it's cool. We had we had so many great uh, times together. 
um, it, it was it was nice, you know, being together and, and the community. So I'm not against that. I'm not against prayer. I'm not against devotion. But then uh, there was, so there's the, the father being that everyone sees from the AFI when he goes on missions and he goes doing his talks. That's the father being that everyone sees. But then there was a father being that we saw from the inside. And me, I've I've known Father Bing since the 90s as a kid. And, you know, my family, we'd, we'd go to his talks. And, and it was nice. You know, we'd pray together. We would sing songs. We would even do action songs. And we would dance. And it, it was cool. It was just like once every, like, six months that we'd, We'd all gather together and then we have amazing Filipino food and it was a lot of smiles and you can see so many hearts being warmed up and uh, conversions taking place. So I'm not, I'm not bashing Father Bing for being Catholic. I think that many have read my blogs and have already attacked me saying that I'm a scandal or other other mean things. But my my purpose is not to bash his Catholicism. Because I'm Catholic too. I'm not going to be bashing myself. However, that's the Father Bing that people see. What I want to do here is bring to light the Father Bing that we saw and it wasn't only father bing you also have people behind in the background like uh bam frias who goes by the name of mother agnes and the way she would manipulate terrorize lie the way she was very mean to members even to our priest i would see her really just scolding them for nothing for stupid things, scolding me for nothing, for stupid things. And then you have other other cult-like followers, like Father Jose, Father Francis. And I say cult-like because the way they follow Father Bing is as if he is a saint, as if he is a god, as if he is a mystic, as if he is the second coming of Christ. And I know they don't preach that. They don't say that, but your actions speak louder than your words. And so <laughs> I want to get into the tactics, the dark tactics, which which some of them used and applied and how it made the community more cult-like. And I also want to bring to light how other members refused to go that way in order for the community to be more Christ-like. So first up, I wanted to talk about the absolute obedience in which Father Bing would require of us. So the absolute obedience was, it went to our prayer life, it went to the way we live, the way we dress, everything. Everything had to be through obedience, through permission, through flow of grace. And me at the mind, my mind was only 17 years old. 
And I had really seen Father Bing, Father Francis, Father John, Father Jose. I really saw these people as superstars and saints, as super holy people. And in the absolute obedience, we would obey to the letter. If you do anything outside of the letter of obedience, then uh, it's a sin. Uh, I remember the Sith sisters, they made an examination of conscience. And for us, I remember like one of the sins was like frowning at a superior or having like facial reaction when a superior gives you an obedience you don't like. Uh, another sin would be not completing your 10 rosaries per day, uh, sleepiness in prayers. Uh, another sin would be uh, so like you got all right, not finishing your journal pages. So in the obediences, you have to be perfect. And the way they set it up is against human nature because, I mean, you, you got to sleep sometimes. And, and so like finishing the, the 10 rosaries and all these things, you know, it might be confusing for some. People might be thinking, well, there's nothing wrong with the rosary. The rosary, is, the rosary is a holy thing. What's wrong? Are you against the rosary, Ryan? No, I'm not against the rosary. I'm not against prayer. However, the the way they, they set it up was that if I didn't complete that obedience or my, my prayer for the day, I'm already committing sin. So it's like every day for like the 11 years that I was there, it's like, if I don't do this, if I don't do all these extreme obediences, I'm committing sin. And then <laughs> there'll be no breakfast or like they'll, they'll do something. You get like some kind of punishment or you have to do an extra rosary or something. I don't, I don't remember everything, but I do, I do remember the no breakfast, but it was extreme. And, and another thing that kind of, bothered me was you know later on i observed that me and the other brothers and sisters we had we obeyed to the letter man we obeyed everything that was asked of us i did i know i don't want to bash on anybody but i think that there were, there were some people who joined there just to join because they were told hey this is for you you should join but me, when I joined, I really put my whole mind and heart into it. And that's why I stayed so long. Others stayed for maybe two weeks, a year, two years. And I'm happy that they left. I'm happy that they didn't stay for, for so many years and like force a lifestyle upon themselves. So, so anyway, so we obeyed to the letter. We were respectful and we... We did our best, me and the other brothers, as well as so many of the other sisters. There was a purity of intention in what we were doing. And it seems like a slap to the face now that I think of it, because we were so obedient. And yet I would see Father Bing, Father Francis, Father Jose, like when a bishop would say something, they would go around and be deceptive and go behind their back. So like I'll I'll use an example of um 
San Jose in the Philippines. So we we were kicked out. I well, I'm not even sure what what the hell happened, but from what I know, we were kicked out because uh, the bishop didn't like our lifestyle and he was trying to destroy our order and he was trying to seize our property. And you know, since they taught us absolute obedience, me and the other brothers and sisters and the other good priests, we had to obey these superiors in a in, in an exact, ex, you know, exactitude. This is the execution of the obedience has to be perfection. And so when I would see that we get kicked out of a diocese and then like Father Francis, Father Bing, they would be saying, okay, to the community, okay, we're going to be uh, dressing up as students and we're going to go undercover in the diocese. And uh, if anyone asks, we're just students, you know, have that mental reservation because, you know, uh, the they would say the highest, the highest law, Father Francis would say, the highest law in the church is the salvation of souls. So even if the bishop, oh, amigo, oh, you're falling asleep. Uh, uh, amigo, you're awake. And I would like nod. Yeah, yeah, I'm awake. Even if the bishop were to say, oh, you cannot be here, let us remember the highest law according to canon law, according to the catechism, is the salvation of souls. Amen. And everyone would respond, amen. But then <laughs> it, it just blew my mind how they can have... Uh, as, as they would say, mental reservations, they can um, get away with disobeying. And then they put us in a place where we have to disobey the rest of the church. And it caused a big time us versus them mentality. And it was very unhealthy. And it, 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 made, it made us feel that no one outside of our community could be trusted. And I'm not just blaming Father Francis. Father Francis, I had a lot of good times with him. He's one of like the, the most loyal people of Father Bing. And I respect that. But at the same time, like, wake wake up, brother. I mean, you give you were giving obediences. First, it starts with Father Bing, then you go to Father Francis. But you guys were giving obediences for the most ridiculous things. And then the church says, hey, guys, you know, chill out, back off. And then you got to do this BS. You got to do this kind of gymnastics. And you got to put your members in this frame of mind of us versus them. And another thing that kind of woke me up to it being cultish was how we would have to wear hoods because in San Jose, the only ones who were allowed to, to be there from what they told us, since all the news was filtered through our superiors, the only ones who were allowed to be there were the monks and the nuns and the monks, they wore hoods because they're contemplatives. So nothing wrong with that, but I'm going around the compound with a freaking hood over my head thinking, oh my God, I have to obey these superiors because 
the rest of the church, the rest of the diocese of San Jose, they're out to destroy us. They're out to uh, take our property. And, and there was a strong amount of fear in, in that area. Which leads to the second tactic, which is obscurity and paranoia. So in our community, our only way of getting information, news information, was through Father Bing and the talks that he would give us, as well as sometimes the superiors would give us some news. So all that we knew was that the world was going to end, everything was going to shit, and we had to be afraid because there was going to be a nuclear blast. So I remember, um, so we would watch a lot of conspiracy theories, um, stuff that, uh, videos that they would compile and put together for the members. And that was for us who were inside. And I'm pretty sure that when Father Bing would do his missions, he would also show, uh, he would show the participants all of these conspiracy theories. And the hopes is you get the person scared and then he provides the solution. So what is the solution? The solution is you follow him because the rest of the church, everyone else is bad. Uh, the politicians, everyone there is bad. Maybe that's true. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But for him, it was everybody. Everybody who wasn't with our group, there's something wrong with them. And they're not supporting us. And it's not safe. So he would show us all these uh, conspiracy theories. And I remember we had like a, um, like in the basement, we had like this uh, pantry just set up with a whole bunch of food, uh, toilet paper, water. And um, I remember for a while, I did solitary confinement there for like a month. It was supposed to be three months, but I was just really getting tired. So instead of staying staying down there, I just said, you know what, forget it. I'm going to go upstairs and I'm going <laughs> to go hang out with the goats and the chickens and that's what i did for like i was supposed to do solitary confinement in the basement for three months because i got mad at one of the sisters in puerto rico and so father Bing gave me that that punishment uh to be isolated for three months and to be on fasting and after the one month uh i just said screw this i'm just gonna go upstairs uh on the farm and hang out with with the cow, we had a nice cow. Her name was Bella. So I would hang out with Bella, hang out with the goats, and I, I'd hang out with the chicken. And I wasn't technically technically disobeying because I wouldn't sleep in the basement. And I was still isolated pretty much because I was talking to the goats and the chickens. So I wasn't really with the community. Uh, but I would hang out with the brothers every now and then. So I guess I was being disobedient. But anyways, um, going back... Um, so I remember father being, I think it was, it was 2011 because supposedly in 2012, it was supposed to be the end of the world. And I remember he was telling us that, uh, we had to prepare for war if war were to happen by having everything set up in our basements. We had, we had like a little trap door. So it was like our, it was a basement. You have the stairs going down to the basement in Delaware, but then they they covered it up with like I think first they had uh, what was it? They had like they made it look like a pan. It was like a pantry room, but then underneath you have 
uh, the stairway going going downstairs into the basement, and you have it all dark, and you have that one light bulb, and um, we had a cool little small shower, and uh, and one of the weird things about it was, I remember we had to put like trash bags over all of our windows. You know those black trash bags, the ones you can't see through, and the reasoning was. It's because when the nuclear bomb strikes, we want to have these trash bags that, you know, protect us from the bright rays and it'll keep us safe. And, you know, the, the nuclear blast won't, won't <laughs> burn through these <laughs> little plastic bags. But anyways, that was uh, our thinking. There was a lot of fear. Um, I would see how he would use that, not just him, but also the Sith sisters. Well, I don't want to say the Sith sisters because there are people there who really join for good reasons, but the superiors like Agnes, how they really use these fear tactics, this paranoia to get people to support them, to get people to follow them and to think that they're the only, um, they're the only solution for salvation or they are the only solution to live a good life but it's all based on fear and so that's another tactic now i want to go to the third which is the rules and punishments so earlier on uh, or in my blogs you might have seen how i mentioned how they have the examination of conscience and how in that examination of conscience they have so many things which can be a sin uh, and I'll, I'll go back, like not finishing 10 rosaries, which is an extreme. And other things like sleepiness and prayers. If you're sleepy, that's a sin. So one thing which they did a good job of, um, of pounding on the members was the sense of guilt. The sense that you had to work extremely hard for God to love you. And that... If you leave this community, or if you don't live perfectly, perfectly by the way that this community, that the way that Father Bing is setting it up, then you're living a life of sin, and God doesn't like you because He would always say that uh, if you leave here, you will be cursed, you will be hexed, and He was saying it like as if God is disowning you, and so many members ex-members, uh, even members who are still there uh, during my time, I could really sense like a pain because for many, for many of them, and I include myself, for many of us, it's like we tried our best to live by this lifestyle. We tried our best to be good and holy people, and yet every corner, every step we take, it's we're falling into sin. If if I'm late to prayers, God, I'm already sinning. If I'm sleeping in prayers, I'm already committing a sin. So there was a strong sense of guilt that Father Being would would put on the members, and it's you really become hopeless. But the only solution is follow Him. Your only solution is you have to absolutely obey. And for me, I, I wanted to leave. I had asked and 
I don't blame the priest who I spoke to because I know he didn't receive a good education at that time. Maybe now things are better. But anyways, he didn't really know how to guide me. So I, I couldn't leave. I wanted to leave on good terms. I wanted to leave and have a good life outside. But instead, I stayed like an extra three or four years because I didn't have that guidance. And all these rules, if you don't follow them, Father Bing then set up this thing called zero tolerance. So like if you're late to prayers, if you're sleepy, or if you if you break your fasting, there's a zero tolerance where you're going to have to make an act of uh, reparation. And it'll, it'll be like no breakfast or something, or it'll be half lunch, half dinner, or it'll be absolute silence, or it'll be you're separated from the community and you're alone. And they would say, if a member is in crisis, then he has to be separated from the community so he doesn't, he or she will not infest the other members. So there was always this, this uh, paranoia that if, if you are struggling, it is because you're infested with the devil. If you are having thoughts of leaving this community, you're under spiritual attack. And so you, we have the zero tolerance. But then also, you know, going back to the guilt, Father Bing would talk a lot about flagellation. And I know that in in some uh, Catholic communities, they use it as like a devotion, as a self-discipline. However, I believe that Father Bing would really, and, and other members, they would push it too much, too much. And at that young age, it was for me, it was it was my ticket to holiness. It was my ticket to being free from satanic attacks coming from uh from all over. So I remember me and other members, uh, we would have to do it all the time during Lent. But sometimes you have to beat up the other guy and then you take turns beating each other because it's like a purification. But I remember like crying because it's like, man, I'm, I'm getting beat up and this sucks and I don't like this. But my mentality was, God, I love you. I'm doing this out of love and I want to serve you. I want to be a good Christian. I want to be a good Catholic. So I'm going to take these punishments. And then when we have to do it to others, I remember like the guy who was in charge he was saying that we have to be thinking of, you know, Jesus at the passion and we have to be passionate and we have to go like all out. So I was like all out and I'm, I'm so like that, like it's on my conscience because I don't want to do that. I don't want to have to beat my brother, but that was like the obedience. And they made me believe that this is something good. And I remember seeing you know, my t-shirt and the shirts of other brothers later on, because we like, we'd hand wash our clothes. We do hand uh, laundry that way. And you see like all this blood uh, on the t-shirts of many members. But it was really a, a painful experience for me because it was really against what my heart wanted. Now, the fourth tactic that they would use was 
monitoring. So uh, Father Bing, he set up this system called the, pre the preventive system. He says that he got it from another religious community. And the idea of the preventive system is to help prevent people from falling into sin. For us, it was, you know, for the members to prevent us from really from getting out of line. So the system worked like this. There, we call them assistants. You have the assistant A, assistant B, and the assistant C. So the assistant B is the mainstay. Uh, assistant A, he always goes ahead and he always like prepares for the next schedule so that everything is uh, flowing. And the assistant C, uh, he or she, um, the assistant C's job is to monitor uh, what are the violations as the as the members leave from from one activity to the next. Like for example, if you leave something behind, uh, they have to uh, you know collect it and then they write down who it was. Or like if you're sleepy or late for prayers, whatever, they're the ones who who uh, mark it down. But they also like the assistant C, for example, if you're late to prayers. Um, cause, okay. So, so prayer is supposed to be like at three 30, like community prayers. Uh, let's say you're late to, you're late for rising and thus you're late for community prayers. Um, so the assistant C will go back and try to wake you up and, and help you out. But I mean, they're, they're writing your name down and you're going to get your ass beat later on, or you're going to get fasting or something. So that was uh, one of the monitoring. So nothing could really be hidden. Uh, everything had to be, um, I felt like there's always someone watching you. Or there's always like, there was never trust in in the way Father Bing uh, built our communities. And I want to go quickly to the next tactic, uh, which is sleep deprivation. So I, I just mentioned how we had to rise at 3 o'clock and then morning prayers, community prayers, was at 3.30. So as you go on and kind of like climb the ladder, uh, rising was now at 12.45 and morning prayers was at, well, actually adoration started at 1.30. So you're there from 1.30, you do your adoration, you do your prayers, and you're in there until like 7 in the morning. And then you start your day and you do all these things, you do all these activities. And I remember in the month of November, I feel bad for our priest because um, they would have to do like nine masses a day. So I know it's, it's, a hard, it's hard for people to go to even one mass, but they would have to do nine masses by obedience of Father Bing. And I remember like the Sith sisters, Mother Agnes, and probably I don't want to mention any other names uh, because I'm not sure who, but they would really put down this, this one holy priest. His name is Father Philip. They would really put him down. And like first they would say, oh, his homilies are are too too long. And then they would say his homilies are too short. And they would complain of Father Bing and Mother Agnes would make a big deal out of it. And uh, <laughs> they would they would be so mean to him. And even Father Jose, you're a little <laughs> you're such a coward, man. Like Father Philip took so much 
uh, he took so much heat. He took so much heat when we were kicked out of Delaware, but it was your fault, man. Father Jose, if you're listening, it was your fault and you did nothing and you made it look like it was Father Philip's fault, but you lack backbone. You were being a coward and you allowed the Sith to bully Father Philip. And that was jacked up. And you didn't help out in the community. You just stayed in your room, hid. You treated the members like garbage. You would put me, other members, in solitary confinement. You wouldn't feed the members. You would say, oh, we need to pray. You know, our community, we have we have no money. We cannot, we cannot afford to, uh, to help, you know, uh, give some nice food. And then you go and have some Chinese buffet. Like, come on, man. So going, I know I went on a little tangent there, but it's like, dude, that bothers me because I would see my brothers and sisters suffering. And people are saying that, oh, I'm doing this because, oh, I, I'm angry, I'm bitter. Well, yeah, I'm angry. I'm angry at the evil that it, that had happened at good people trying to serve the Lord with all their hearts. And then we get kicked out of Delaware and Father Jose... He did nothing. He didn't, he didn't say anything. He's like, oh, no, the bishop. Oh, it's so sad that he had to do this. You know why we got kicked out of Delaware? Well, there are many reasons, but like what like broke the camel's back was the way Father Jose would recruit members who, sad to say, were not mentally ready and like young, young people. And we, I remember I was with Father Philip and the other members. And we would we would see members you know, who had just been recruited really suffering because we know that this lifestyle isn't for them. And we knew that our lifestyle was extreme. And we were like getting ready to send them home. And then here comes Father Jose. Oh, no, uh, we're going to keep him. Yeah, because you kiss Father Bing's ass and Father Bing, he would say, and the Sith, I'm gonna I'm gonna point the Sith out, especially Agnes and I don't want to say any other names, uh, and even Father Francis. Um, there was a like quota for recruitments. You have to recruit a certain number. They just wanted the number. They didn't care about you. They didn't care about how you how you felt. They didn't care about your mental illnesses. They didn't care about your you being abused psychologically. They didn't care if you're abused sexually. They didn't give a fuck about you. What they cared about were their numbers. What they cared about is that you shut the hell up. You get in line. We're we're going to kick your ass. We're going to put you in solitary confinement. And for a good priests like Father Philip, when he was you know, giving homilies, when he was doing his job as a priest correctly, they would still talk shit about him. And Father Jose, Agnes, how dare you call yourselves Catholic? How dare you call yourselves Christians when you even have members forging the signatures of bishops? When you even force members to do your education for you? So yeah, they did their thesis. Yeah, it's bullshit. I remember when we were in the community... They would tell us that, oh, you know, 
you have to obey, you know, to the letter. You have to obey whatever they say. You know, back in the day, father so-and-so and father this and that, they didn't actually do their uh, education. Actually, um, they give obedience to other members. And I remember asking, then how is he a priest? How is this person a priest? Oh, because, you know, Father Bing, he gives the obedience. And, you know, the highest law is the salvation of souls. So you can, you can, you can do it. Well, you know what? That's called lying. That's called fraud. And it hurt many people that members had to, they had to do all this work and you're enjoying it. So boy, uh, going back to, going back to, I don't even know what, I don't even know what tactic I'm on right now. It's either four and five are monitoring the, how they have the assistant assistantship. And, um, I was going on how, how I saw how they would bully our priests and especially the good ones, making them feel like shit, making them feel like they're stupid. When in fact, I think you guys are the stupid ones for doing all these mental gymnastics and you're giving yourselves the green pass, the green light to screw with people's lives. And you don't have the balls to look at yourself. Yeah, you called me an asshole when I was trying to make peace. Well, I wish you didn't call me an asshole. Because I was there to forgive. I was there to love. And I still want to give that forgiveness. I want to give that love. But then you still go around screwing people's lives over and over and taking people's money. And you're shaming people when they can't give anymore. Because these are people who see you as holy. But you're using them. Are you real Christian? Yeah, you you go on missions, spreading good news, spreading holy devotions, but your actions when no one is looking, God sees. God knows how so many members felt under your leadership. But you know what? When I was like with Father Philip, those were the best times. Those were great times because I felt I felt like a member of the community. When Father Jose was there, when Father Bing was there, I felt like I was just going to be a punching bag for the homily. I felt like I was just going to get um, some stupid uh, punishments. So the, the next uh, tactic, which I'm not sure if I even mentioned, was, I, I'm not even sure if I mentioned it, was a sleep deprivation. Um, how yeah, we wake up at 1.45, do all these prayers, and yeah, the priest, Father Philip would have to do nine masses. Father Jose, sad to say, but you were so lazy. You were so lazy to get out of your room. You were so lazy to talk to your brothers in the community. What, were you too good for us? And then you have other other hotshot priests who just wanted to do mission. Father Bing, all you want to do is go on mission. And then you talk to us about chastity. Oh, if you look at the other opposite sex, mortal senyan. If you look, if, if people look at you when you get out of the, the car or the plane, oh, you are infested. Then he said this other thing. He said, 
my God, what is happening in our airports? Now they have these x-rays. The, the sisters, they are getting raped when they go through these x-rays. And I was thinking, what the fuck are you talking about, man? I mean, now I'm thinking that, but at that time, it's like, oh my God, like, it, it's just my mind and heart was so lost because everything is evil. Everything is designed to hex you, to infest you. And there's no room in Father Bing's, um, in, in the God of Father Bing, there is no room for love. There is no room for compassion. There is only bashing. There is only us versus them. If you can't fulfill 10 rosaries, if you can't sleep for two hours a day and live normally, then you must be infested by the devil. And you see how that really hurt so many members. That really caused a lot of pain and suffering. And you guys don't have the balls to say, yo, we're sorry. You guys don't have the guts to be transparent. You like to shine the sins of others. You like to shine my mistakes. You like to shine the mistakes of other superiors. But you can't look at yourself. And that is just so sad. Because so many look up to you. So many look up to you, Father Francis. So many look up to you, Father Jose. But so much, so much fraud has happened. Starting with your education. Starting with the, the education that Father Bing wanted us to take, which was a phony education. And he wanted us to take this phony education because I remember he said that, uh, oh, we used to have brothers in Rome and, oh, they got infested because they wanted to do their thing. Well, the truth was they didn't want to be disobedient to the church. And they saw how Father Bing was twisting things with Agnes, threatening people that they better follow his way. So, God, that was sad. And it's going to lead me to the last tactic, which was the fourth degree of obedience. Now for the last tactic, which I believe is very cult-like, was uh, the fourth degree of obedience. And it kind of goes back to the first tactic, which is the absolute obedience. But then they took it to a different level where it was very, it was even more cult-like. And in this, in this fourth degree, uh, that we would just call it fourth degree. That was the code name for it. Hey, he did fourth degree or she did fourth degree. And fourth degree was when members were given obedience to eat feces. Sometimes they would shame you and say, oh, you're not good enough to do the fourth degree. So instead of eating it, you have to get it mushed all over your face and you have to keep it there as a humiliation. Other members, they had to eat their own feces every day out of obedience. And, you know, please don't judge these people because they were victims. Their minds at that time had been, had been worked for a while 
brainwashed into thinking that if I follow Father Bing because he's he's sharing all these stories of the end of the world, he's sharing all these stories of uh, how the devil has infiltrated and how everything is Freemason and how we have to do so much uh, reparations by offering our bodies uh, to suffer so that through our suffering, people would be converted. You know, when you have that message that you have to suffer to an extreme and that this is the only way, yes, people will do ridiculous things. I didn't do it. I didn't do the fourth degree. But I am 100% sure if I were to be given that obedience, I would have done it because my mind had already been entirely captivated with obeying to the letter. And I didn't want to get punished. It's like the punishment they gave was like shaming, humiliating. And then the obedience that they gave was like shaming, humiliating. It's like choose your death. Do you want to die uh, like a brave man, a brave woman, or do you want to die a coward saying no to God, saying no to obedience, saying no to the opportunity to saving souls? So it really gives you this guilt. It really gives these members these guilt, this guilt. And like I said, I didn't do it, but I'm 100% sure that I would have done it. Of course, no way am I going to do that now. But I feel for these people because they're victims. And they they couldn't talk about it. May still can't talk about it. And I, I am talking about it. Because there has to be a voice. There has to be truth. And I feel bad seeing that well, with the community, with the Ovid Apostles of the Two Hearts and with the Lim Sisters and the other good communities, how when the Vatican removed Father Bing from that superior position, when they removed Father Francis from that superior position, they didn't have that dose of humility. Because we had to take a dose of humility and do anything and everything that they asked of us. But when it came to obeying the new superiors who were put in charge, they couldn't do it. Agnes, gosh, I mean, I've heard so many stories. And, you know, they're not my stories, so I'm not going to share them. But gosh, now it now it makes sense why you called me an asshole. It makes sense because you're not used to someone telling you the truth. You're not used to hearing people tell you that many have been hurt by the way the way you mentally abuse people and even physically putting people in in bad situations. So when I did 
face you and I didn't have I didn't shy away now it makes sense why he called me an asshole but now I wonder who's the real asshole here perhaps I am a bit of an asshole I don't know that's that's for me to examine and I, I am examining myself when I do these podcasts, when I write my blogs, I ask myself, am I being an asshole? But I also ask myself, am I going to remain silent for the rest of my life? Am I going to remain shamed and humiliated? Or am I going to follow my conscience and do what is right? So, I want to end it with with telling the audience to you know don't don't hate this community you know don't hate the AFI members you know because the intentions for many of us for many of them are pure intentions and but the truth is that many were abused many were told to eat feces Many were told to slap to slap each other. Many were told to beat each other with belts. Many were told to spit in each other's face and open your mouth and spit. And it's sad because I love Father Bing. But at the same time, I want to do what is right. So I'm going to end it there. I know it's a, a very dark podcast, but the good thing is that when Father Bing left the community and Father Francis and Father Jose, when they left, you can really see that the current community is working with the church. They're working on helping ha- helping to have a good mental health for the members. They're working to have you know, better sleep. Instead of three hours, you know, you get a normal sleep. They're open to having educate education for the members instead of uh, we were before we were just getting education from Father Bing and from his books. That was our only education. So now, now that he's gone, you see all all these good things happening. So as I see the Ave the Apostles, the Two Hearts, and the Limb Sisters. As I see them now, I I am very thankful that they are taking an approach of doing what is right. They are taking a, an approach of working with the community, of working with the church, of being transparent. And I just pray that Father Bing, Mother Agnes, and all those followers, that they be open and they tell the truth. Because people deserve to know the truth. And... Stop falsicating. Stop stop lying. So just just come out and be honest. I'll end it there. But um, you know, sorry guys, it was a bit of a dark podcast. It ended kind of uh dark with these tactics of absolute obedience, the obscurity and the the paranoia, all these rules and punishments, the extreme monitoring the sleep deprivation, and the fourth degree of obedience. So I'll end it there. Uh, If you have any comments, 
if you have any questions, uh, feel free to uh, reach me on Instagram. My handle there is Tony underscore champ underscore Hernandez. And, or you can follow me on Facebook at Ryan Anthony Hernandez. And let's have a good discussion, a good dialogue. And I'm bringing this out there so that there can be healing, so that there can be the true story can come out and people can know that that their voices, you know, their their pains, their wounds, my wounds, won't just be forgotten. So anyways, have a good day. Uh keep me in your prayers or if you're not even catholic or christian you know keep me in your well wishes send me your good vibes or whatever and have a good day and i'm going to keep on doing my mission and hopefully in my next podcast i want to um bring to light how the current uh all the apostles of the two hearts how they are working on how they are working on developing a a better lifestyle for the members and i think i think their voices need to be heard uh because they're doing so much good uh and and also the limb sisters are doing so many good things now nowadays so um i want to start i want to you know get rid of of talking about all of these negative stuff and now I want to start talking about the healing. So all this past months, I've been talking about the truth. Now let's start talking about the healing. So you have a good day. God bless. Peace out. Bye.